Biz Women Rock, episode 91. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and this podcast features great stories from business women all over the world who have tons of information and inspiration for you on your journey. I'm so excited to bring you my guest today. Her name is Sarah Walker Santana, and she's the co owner of a company called Digital Flash. It's an advertising agency that gives companies and brands a digital experience. So this is everything under the digital umbrella, and that can be social media, anything internet marketing, and offline experiences. One of the many things that's fascinating about Sarah is that they have created an entire community based on events that they have been running for years now that has really put them and their agency as the epicenter of this knowledge. It's a really cool way that they have built their pipeline and established really great relationships. She has a lot of information to share, so let's get going. Sarah, what's going on, girl? Welcome to the show. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for having me on today. So stoked to have you here, girl. We're just having this lovely chat beforehand. We finally had to press the record button. So awesome to start a conversation about business. I am so passionate about business, and I truly love really digging under the hood with other women who have been in business and have grown into loving their business. So I really want to kind of start this conversation to kind of build a platform so people really understand. Can you give a little bit of a background, kind of what your business background was? Sure. So I guess before I started Digital Flash, it's actually kind. Of, it kind of actually goes back to the beginning of my life. Really, my father is a big kind of consultant, and he's a publishing consultant and kind of like a marketing guru. So really, at a young, tender age, and and I am going to date myself a little bit here. So I guess I'm I'm feeling okay with that today. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> He, he asked me to help him name a teen, preteen magazine. And I was like a little bit younger, like preteen at the time. And he was just like, this magazine is coming from Australia and it's going to be for girls maybe a little bit older than you. Like, what would you name it? And I literally locked myself in a room for a day and just like strategized about this name. And I came up with the name Sassy. So I'm actually the girl who named Sassy Magazine. Come on. Wow. Very cool. (laughs) This this is my actual, like, original story of how I became a marketer and an advertising You know, I guess I should ask you, what was going through your adolescent head in that strategy (laughs) session? I mean, like... What kind of things at for at what? How old were you? I, I really don't want to say. I, I was I, 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 I was I was quite young. Okay, so what kind of things were? You, I mean, I was under I was under thirteen. We'll okay, put it that way. all right. So you're a youngster. So, but it's fascinating to me because people who have marketing minds are. My husband has a marketing mind, and it's so different than mine. And I'm very fascinated by it because it's so creative and it's so out of the box. So what kind of things did you know when you were locking yourself in your room? What kind of things were you thinking of when you came up with Sassy? I want to say that this really was a big moment for me, and I give you like an amazing answer here. But actually, I 
I kind of think I named you after myself. <laughs> so my name is Sarah, and I think I sort of, and my nickname was Saz, and I think I just named it after myself. <laughs> all right, all right, hey. Now you've revealed what's behind the curtains and how things really work. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I did know, I, I was doing a lot of wordplay, and I had a lot of different words in my head, and I kind of maybe, I didn't have a whiteboard, which you know now is something I would use Today, I probably had like a chalkboard or a pad, and I just was writing and writing and writing and writing words and words and words and just kind of kicking all these words around. But then I think I ultimately just kept it close to home. And I, I guess I knew what sassy meant. So I probably was like, oh, well, that's a cool word. So Very nice. I love um, it. <laughs> so how in the world did you get from sassy to actually being a really established professional at Macy's? I know you worked for Macy's for quite some time. Yes, yes. No, no. The truth is. The true story of me. That was just kind of my fun childhood story. But I did, I worked in Macy's for many years and I was in their marketing department, in their advertising department. I worked on a lot of their traditional media at first, working in the, the print and the broadcast department and creating a lot of their commercials and working with models and creatives and photographers and directors and kind of that back in the day way we used to do advertising that has now fallen out of fashion. And I did that. I, I worked with the marketing directors there, worked on the strategy. I mean, I was I was there for quite a few years, so I got to wear a lot of different hats and kind of grew up. I, I guess the expression is I, I cut my teeth there. So I, I really grew up at Macy's and they really kind of taught me to be the marketing professional that I came to be today. What do you think was one of the biggest lessons that you learned from that experience? Because that was all old school. I shouldn't say old school. Traditional <laughs> marketing. That's so bad. It was all very traditional marketing stuff for corporate. So I think sometimes it's sort of like evolutionary technologist and digital folks, which is definitely the playground that you play in. Sometimes we can kind of look back on the traditional and not have such a great opinion about it, but there's definitely great things there. So what kind of things did you learn that were really sticky from that experience with Macy's that have carried you through to today? I think it's a great question. I mean, I think what I use most from my time at Macy's in my role at Digital Flash or even in creating Digital Flash is actually that I came from the client side. And now I talk to a lot of clients. A lot of brands are my clients. So I really always try to put that hat on when I'm presenting to them or when I'm talking to them about their business problem or I'm meeting with them and they're like, hey, we want to sell this product or got to meet our bottom line. I kind of understand what those things mean in their world because I lived it and I remember what it's like to actually be on the client side and as a brand, you know, your most important um, goal and what everybody around you is trying to achieve is, is to basically like sell your product and make the customer think great things about you. And everybody is just like really working towards that goal. And, and also organizationally, I think when you're on the agency side or you are the service provider, you know, you're working very hard to get like your products and services in, in front of the, that client, but 
oftentimes you forget that the client has to go through a lot of hoops to get your idea sold in. So, you know, you may be talking to the account manager or you may be talking to one of the creative people, but then they've got to take it to their boss and their boss and their boss and they have a board and, you know, just kind of that internal structure of how a client may work is something that I always try to kind of remember and, and keep with me when, when I'm now trying to get them to look at my idea and I'm like, why isn't anybody getting back to us? Like, it's been a week. And then I'm like, oh, right, they've got to sell it to their boss and their boss and their other boss. <laughs> well, that's a really unique positioning that you have of being able to really, like, empathize with, A, kind of like what they're looking for so you know how to kind of structure things or you know exactly who to speak with. And B, you kind of know their processes is what I'm hearing. So that's a really unique position. Yeah, I think it's something that happy accident when Laura, my business partner, and I connected and, and met up with each other because she kind of came from the client, the I'm sorry, the agency side of things. And she was working on a lot of big websites and, you know, was doing some sales at a mobile agency. And I had this client background. And our, some of our first conversations, I think she was trying to get business from me, but then we sort of realized we had more in common and some common goals. And we've kind of used that in, in our positioning of digital flash through the years that, and we do talk to clients, we're like, listen, like, we really understand your pain points. Like, we really do get it. We really are trying to be your kind of friend, your confidant, your consultant. We're not just trying to get you to buy our services, but like we really do understand from where you're coming from and how our creative idea, of course, is important, but like we do understand that you've got bigger goals here and, and we're trying to help you fulfill them. So we mean it. <laughs> and in 2009 is when you and Laura actually met and had that initial conversation and decided, okay, yes, we're going to do something together. We can really complement each other. You were both coming at it from different angles. Can you walk us through the kind of transition that you made from kind of having your corporate job and then having this flash of, oh my gosh, we can totally do this because there's so much energy and excitement when you just realize, yes, we got to go with this. And then what happened after that, your transition into really pushing it forward full time? Sure. I, there was a couple of steps in there before I met Laura, for sure. I, I, you know, I'd been at Macy's for pretty much my, most of my adult career. Like, I had a couple of other jobs before, but this was really my grown-up job that I had. It was paying my bills. It was what I told my parents I was doing every day, so. Um, <laughs> I like that. This is my grown-up job. <laughs> yeah, this is like... Look, I left the house, see? So I'd been there and I'd had a lot of successes there. and But just kind of got to that point where I was like, I think I need to see what else is out there. I've really, I've been here. I've kind of done what I can do. And I know there's like a whole other world. Like there's not just retail. There's not just fashion. There's, you know, not just marketing. I mean, there's kind of this exciting world of lots of different verticals and lots of different tools and tactics that you can use. And I just, I've always been very curious also. So I was just like, I need to get my hands on something else. So I took some classes. I, I kind of just like made this commitment that I was going to change everything. And, and I started taking some classes at NYU, learning a little bit more about some digital strategies and tactics. Um, I took a, a program there they had in continuing ed. And then I also did a lot of networking. Like, before that, I've always been very social and personally, I've always, you know, had no problem going out and meeting people. But on the business side, I was like a little bit shyer about that. 
don't know why, just kind of didn't translate. But I was just like, I'm going to take my personal personality and now apply this to my professional life and to business. And so I just went out and I just went to like every single event that I could that was kind of like for marketing professionals, for women, for people in creative field, art directors. And, and all around this time, 2009, you know, a lot of people were kind of losing jobs because so much digital there was so much transition in advertising from traditional to digital, and a lot of people just didn't know what to do with digital. So people were just very open at this time to meet, to talk, you know, maybe senior people who in the past would have been a little bit more standoffish were just open to having conversations. So I just networked my little heart out, gave out business cards, met people for coffees, and along the way, Laura was uh, one of these people that I connected with. And we were in a, and since this business women rock, we were in a women's professional organization called ONI, Advertising Women of New York, and a great organization. And, and Laura and I are kind of one of their success stories. So for people out there who are looking about like how to network or some organizations to join, I definitely recommend them. Awesome. So we basically were on this committee, and part of this committee was putting on an event, and and um, we were connected to put on this event about digital because we just were like, the world is going digital, everybody. Let's jump on the bandwagon. And they were like, all right, you two, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Go, go <laughs> this event. And so that was our initial meeting. And then Laura was in mobile at the time, and I was like, hey, you know, can you teach me a little bit about mobile? See that text messaging is very important and I work in retail and it's like, I want to learn more about this. And she's like, oh, you work at Macy's? We want Macy's as a client. And so we kind of had a couple of coffees, but then we quickly realized that we had a good kinship and that maybe if we joined forces, we could meet a lot more people together and, and kind of conquer advertising and marketing together. So like, Actually, what grew out of, of the initial meeting and being part of this organization was that we would do these monthly panels where we would interview smart people in digital and kind of early adopters and first movers in the space on different topics like location marketing or how, like what is a hashtag. I mean, this was 2009. People right. were like, what is a hashtag? Right, so right. these were early, early conversations about how to use social media for marketing purposes. Were you doing these as free workshops or did you charge people to come through or were you using this as a lead gen? Like how did you guys structure that? They were not free because we knew if we did them for free, we would not guarantee that people would come through the door. So we were like, okay, these cannot be free because if you something's free, then like you don't care if you go or not. But we're like, we want to keep them inexpensive enough that everybody feels like they can come. So we always charged like 10 or $15. And our big thing was like wine and Swedish fish. And that kind of became <laughs> like our. <laughs> oh, my God. How have I not been to your meeting yet? <laughs> I don't know. You got to come to New York. Well, no kidding. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a special one just for you. Yes, um, yes. 
So, yes, wine and Swedish fish. That was like, because we love Swedish fish. Oh, and chocolate-covered pretzels. That was another really big, important component to our our meetings. I'm assuming that out of those meetings, I mean, you guys started being seen as the authorities in the space, no matter how basic, and then eventually kind of more advanced information that you guys were sharing and being able to highlight the people who were talking about it. So I'm kind of making the assumption that this was a great way for you guys to actually acquire clients. You are a very smart lady, Katie. <laughs> that was exactly it. I mean, we basically realized that we had kind of re- reverse engineered our agency and a pipeline from these original meetups that we did. So you know, we were doing them for about a year while we were still kind of transitioning out of our jobs and, and the careers that we had had before and into becoming entrepreneurs and startup owners. And through doing these these panels, we met a lot of great brand marketers, these other people with startups. We started learning a lot about the new tools and platforms that were out there. So we we're kind of getting like early views into some great technologies. We also did a lot of networking to find the speakers and the panelists and really just gave us access to a lot of potential clients and smart people. And now really our whole community, that is what kind of propels our business forward today. So those early panels were definitely I mean, we stumbled into it a little bit, but we did also kind of have a grand, grander plan with them. Wow. I think that's a great idea. And that's actually just such a great description of how to sort of build a community first and be seen as a leader for it, offer really, really great content. And then your reputation sort of builds itself and people really come to you. It's really an attraction marketing strategy. Yes, I think we might not have admitted it exactly that it was a lead gen, but we did quickly realize that it it really was a lead generator. And then, you know, you're mentioning content. I think having panel discussions, having meetups is really a great way to generate content for your website, for your blog, for your social media. And we were using social media a lot in the beginning. So it was a very new tool and, and, and it was kind of free at that time to get people to come to the panels and as a way to kind of thank everybody and and really kind of close that loop once we met everybody you know the people that attended the people that were on the panels it was a great way to give thanks to them a great way to give our audience a way to talk to keep on continuing the conversation so it was it was it was all of that you know putting us as thought leaders having us have great content, more clients for the future. And then it was sort of what propelled the agency because clients saw what we did for ourselves with Digital Flash and with the panels, and then they started to say to us, hey, you know, we we want you guys to take this like mojo and energy and this early adopter community that you've created and start applying it to, you know, some of our campaigns and some of our projects and like how can we work with you guys and, and how can we how can we tap into what you have and, and apply it to what uh to what we're doing. 
this is probably the perfect time just to make sure everyone's very, very clear about if you can just give a super, super brief kind of definition as to what digital marketing really is. Because I know you're talking like, oh, social media, oh, mobile, but what truly is... Oh, sorry. <laughs> what, no, 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 that's okay. So what is digital media? What services are you really providing to clients? And how does your business model work? Sure. I mean, I think digital marketing is a really broad, broad term. So I, I won't maybe bore your audience with like all the... Uh, grand terminology around it, but I can just say that at Digital Flash, we kind of focus on what we call digital experiences. So we've kind of drilled it down a little bit um, between the offline experience, so kind of creating an environment, like it could be a pop-up store, it could be a pop-up office, it could be just a party, it could be a rare place that you've never been to, create something really fun. And we will invite people who are kind of influential that have large social media followings, or uh, maybe you're very interested in the particular brand that we're working with. We did something really big for Samsung, which I can tell you about in a little bit. Um, and we'll invite them to, to come and kind of experience that product firsthand. And not, with these people, they sort of naturally share everything that they do in social media. So they're going to use Instagram. They're going to use Twitter. They're going to use Tumblr. They're going to use Vine. And they're going to kind of capture the fact that they are at this experience and having a wonderful time. And hopefully they're enjoying the brand components that are there. And those are not always usually front and center. You know, that's kind of what I think is a little different, like we try and integrate that into the moment so it feels natural and then they're sharing that content on their own channel so their fans and their friends and people that follow them are are seeing that information out there and then hopefully sharing it the sharing just kind of continues and that's how we get a little bit of a larger conversation about the clients that we're working with out there into the internet universe um, <laughs> and get people talking about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think digital marketing can, can really, it can be a lot of things. It, it can be banner ads, it can be websites, it can be social media, it can be webinars, it can be blog posts, it can be newsletters. Anything under that like internet banner is really there. Yes. And, and, it, and it also really depends on the goals of your client and the goals of your organization. Because, I mean, Digital Flash and I'm sure Business Women Rocks as well and your audience, they have to do marketing for their own businesses as well as you know, if you're in advertising and marketing, then you're obviously doing advertising and marketing for your client. But right. you also have to do all these things for yourself. So, well, you know, talk about that for a second because you sure. I mean, you have to be able to prove that you do what you say your clients should do. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of businesses that do not do that. And it is what it is. What do they always say? Like the consultant, it, their internal business does not always look like what they say that their clients <laughs> should look like, right? So how do you manage that? How do you keep up with, like, is there a process that you have internally to kind of keep up with the latest and greatest and the ever moving trends in digital and implement them yourselves before you're really talking to your clients about them? Or what's your process internally to make sure that you guys are really keeping up to speed and are doing that in a way that your clients are going to respect? Well, 
two things. One, I mean, Digital Flash was born in the age of social media and born in the age of digital marketing. I mean, that was just, that's just been in the DNA from the beginning. We basically started the company because we were fascinated by social media and all of these new tools that were out there and then mobile and all these apps and just, you know, it kept on growing as we were going with Digital Flash. There was Twitter and Instagram and Vine. So, I mean, we, you know, grew up in, in that age and a lot of Digital Flash and its employees and Laura and myself, and we're just kind of like native on all of these tools. We're just using them ourselves and, and always kind of practicing and playing with them. And in terms of keeping up, I mean, that is pretty much what we spend the majority of our time doing. I mean, obviously, we do a lot of client work, but when we're not doing our client work, we are really going out there, going to events, meeting people. I mean, in New York, we're very lucky. Like, we've got this thing called the New York Tech Meetup, and they live stream it so people can go online, even if they're not in New York, and, and watch it. But, you know, this is a place where a lot of early startups, like, present their idea. So it's kind of like a great ground to see, like, what's up and coming and what are the trends. And we actually we just – and our panels, too. I mean, kind of to go back to that a little bit, I mean, that's a way for us to really stay on top of things. We just had a great panel on wearables, and we learned about a bunch of new wearable. I don't know if your audience knows about wearables, but that that's kind of the, the marriage of technology and, and clothing or mm-hmm. glasses or rings or bracelets. So, like, Google Glass, an example most people know, or the fit. But these were people that were doing things kind of beyond like the next step, Um, you know, this ring that like connected an app on your phone. So say like your husband's calling you or your best friend or in my case, a nanny, you know, (laughs) your ring will turn different colors and I'll say, oh, it's green. Like the nanny is calling me if you don't have your phone on your person. And it's that's called ringly. So, you know, that's like a neat one. But um, yeah, I mean, they're. You could drive yourself crazy, I think, trying to keep up with all the new technology. So, I mean, in terms of processes, we do sort of all spend the morning here at Digital Flash. Like, everybody reads the trade publications. We kind of all, like, sit around and share, like, oh, hey, this new app is out there, or this is um, what's going on today with Twitter or Pinterest. So we're also looking at a lot of how these platforms are talking to businesses and talking to advertisers. So that's a lot about what we actually like tweet out in our social channels and kind of try to provide in our newsletter. And that's the kind of information that we try to give to our clients a lot, too. It's just like this is where first, like how to use these things, then how do advertisers and marketers use them, then kind of what's new, like what should you be jumping on, what shouldn't you be jumping on? Because sometimes there's a trend out there that everybody, like Vine, you know, this is a new video app that is owned by Twitter and goes into tweets and a lot of young people are jumping on it and brands are jumping on it and and they want to know, well, should I be using Vine? Shouldn't I be using Vine? So, you know, we'll like experiment with it. Then we'll kind of see how it plays into the industry and then kind of make our recommendations from there. I know that was like a lot of different answers in one. (laughs) No, I think it really gives a, a good snapshot of just how robust the industry is but how much potential there really is to kind of get in on the front end. I mean, when you're doing that research and you're actively 
native in the languages of a lot of those digital spaces, like you're going to know, I mean, you guys love the industry. So you're going to know what comes up. You're going to experiment with it. You're going to try it with clients, all that stuff. So I think that's a really good idea. You did mention this before, but you guys have had Samsung as a client. You mentioned to me kind of off air before that you really started building your business as so many of us do with kind of the smaller client and bringing or smaller, let's say, Revenue. <laughs> well, yeah, that too, but like Budget. just smaller, smaller clients that you'll deal with. And you kind of, you, like you said, you kind of cut your teeth on them. And you did reference the fact that you've really kind of made a transition into dealing with higher level corporate big brand clients, Samsung being one of them. So can you talk a little bit about how you did that and what has been your strategy? Because I think that's something that a lot of people really want to be able to do. And it'd be really helpful to hear your strategy on how you guys have done that. Yeah, I think a lot of that goes back to just like the fabric of digital flash and fabric of Laura and myself. Just some of that early stuff we talked about in the conversation about me coming from the client side and Laura coming from the agency side. We did have some prior experience dealing with large brands and, and dealing with their sort of processes and, and understanding that. So, you know, that, that did help a little bit. But when you're trying to go after uh, a larger brand and work with them, a lot of what those brands are looking for, and I've actually heard them say a lot of this publicly too, so I think it really it resonated with me because we do it. And I think it's also like what they expect from their agencies or from the people working with with them. They really want you to come to them with ideas that are about them. I, and I think it also kind of goes back to what I said when I worked at Macy's. Like Macy's wanted to be number one. They were just like, we are Macy's. Like We're an amazing brand. We have an amazing heritage. We have all these great stories to tell. And when agencies approached them, or vendors approached them, they wanted vendors to kind of come to them and say, like, yeah, we get that you're Macy's. We get what's special about Macy's. So when we're working with with other large brands like Samsung, we've also worked with PepsiCo and, and GM, those companies really want you to come to them with an idea that is, like, specific to GM because they don't want you to turn around and say, well, like, oh, this idea, you're going to just go bring it to Ford or you're just going to go bring it to Range Rover or whoever. Like, what is it about your creative idea or the program that we're going to do together or whatever it is that you want to offer them something that they should take from you? And, and have you really done your research on them? Have you really kind of done a competitive analysis about like where they fit in the industry? Like, And are you listening to them? I mean, I think that that's also really important. I mean, we, we very much, because we're a boutique agency, um, you know, we are a little more nimble and we are more flexible. And Laura and I tend to be in a lot of the meetings when we're meeting the clients as opposed to account managers and different sets of people. You'll really have the opportunity to sit down with the key decision makers and kind of hear their business problems one-on-one and think that the key in, in that moment is to really listen to what they're saying, to really kind of hear their business problem and, and see how you can really be helpful to them and how you can really solve it has to kind of be less about you and like, I'm just trying to sell you this thing because I know this is what you should do and kind of more like 
how can I come up with a great creative idea that's going to set them apart in the industry, but also kind of solve their problem at the moment, whatever it may be. During this time, I mean, it's nice and pretty that we get to sit here and talk to you when you have been established for a while, things are going really great for you, but there have definitely been times over these years that have not been so pretty and have been pretty low. So can you tell us maybe a, a, just a really low moment that you had, whatever doubts were happening, whatever that moment is consists of and how you got out of it? Yeah, and I, I think it kind of goes back to what you were just asking me before I gave you that really, like, long answer on how to listen to clients, um, <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, you kind of were saying, like, in the beginning, we worked with smaller companies and before great people like Samsung were knocking on our door. When we were starting the business, we needed case studies, we needed momentum, we needed things to show that we, like, could actually do work for people, that we weren't just these fun girls running around saying like, hey, we have panels, we know about marketing, that we could produce results. So, you know, we, we took on you know, some, some different projects that maybe just like weren't the right fit for us. But at the time, we were just like, hey, we got to do the work, we, we can't say no to anything, we have to say yes to everything that comes in. And we kind of learned a lot from those experiences because sometimes saying yes to a project that isn't the right fit for your company, even if you're not even sure what your company is, but like you just have an inkling of what your company is, can really just steer you down the wrong path because those things can kind of become like time sucks and no offense to like mom and pop shops because we're a mom and pop shop and we're still kind of a startup in, in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, sometimes when you're working with smaller companies and brands, they're very stretched and they're kind of concerned about business that they're running. So sometimes it's a little hard for them to focus on marketing and advertising. And you get involved with them, you have to just set really clear boundaries and really clear, call it kind of an SOW in our world, like a really clear statement of work. Like, this is exactly what I'm going to do for you. And this is the hours I'm going to do it in. Because Laura and I are like super kind-hearted to our default sometimes. And we just kind of say, sure, sure. We'll just keep going. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you don't like that? Oh, we'll change it. Oh, oh, you want us to do it differently? Okay. Okay. And you know what? Like in the beginning, I mean, that could go on for ever and then you're just eating up your time and your resources and you end up kind of even like losing money sometimes in those scenarios because you're not out there focusing on other things so I mean I think a low point for us was just kind of some of those early clients that maybe took advantage of our good nature and our willingness to just be high energy on their product and do whatever it took to get it done and really how we got out of it was just learning that we had to say no, that our business would not move forward and we wouldn't be able to become the agency that we are today without just sometimes saying no to something that wasn't the right fit for us. And and I think everybody's got to determine that for themselves. We along the way learned which ones weren't like the right fit for us. And, and in your business, you'll kind of quickly see what is working and what isn't working and just kind of really listening to your gut there and saying like, okay, this isn't working for my business. I, I know that this doesn't feel right and this isn't what I should be doing. And, and just being okay with that. I think saying no is a really 
hard thing to do, but it's like a really powerful thing once you first do it. Especially for women, I think we have a hard time saying no. We're used to just saying yes, yes all the time. That for us was like a hard moment, but a really big learning moment too. Have you ever had a like horrible blow up in your face, fire your client type of an experience? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, more so than like fire. Look, cause there's like the nice conversation that you can have of like, hey, I don't think that this is working well. But like, have you ever really had like a whole cluster that just like totally blew up? What happened? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that you cannot have a real business and you will not be a, a true business owner until like somebody wants to sue you or like <laughs> they are just like so bad at whatever you've done, even though like, you know, you've tried your hardest and you've tried to please them and you're trying to do everything right on your end. But like, there's just no pleasing them and they are just like, hate you basically. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that is when you know you're like, okay, I think we're not going to work on those kinds of projects anymore. <laughs> Sarah, I want to move into our, what I call our fabulous five round. Okay. So this is when okay. I'm going to ask you just five of, of your favorite things and just um, give me the answer based on whatever like pops in your head. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? So the first question is what is your favorite business tool? Uh, I'd say right now it's got to be Hootsuite. <laughs> nice. Number two, what's your favorite business book? Ah, um, Rework. It's mm. by the guys that created 37 Signals, and it was really kind of spoke to me when I was starting Digital Flash. What's your favorite place to eat in New York City? Oh, God. I mean, that's like... <laughs> I know, that's a hard one. <laughs> okay, so my favorite place to eat in New York City, I'll just say like right now is that oh, I live in Brooklyn, which is like the mecca of artisanal, bespoke, every hipster word you can think of food. But we have this great place called Franny's, which has brick oven pizza and all like farm to table vegetables. Everything comes from kind of like the local farms. And that's like, if you're in New York, if you're in Brooklyn, if you're near the Prospect Park, it's right over there. And nice. I love Franny. Now you're getting so. hungry. Okay. What is, <laughs> um, what's your favorite way to spoil yourself? All right. This is a good question. So I don't know if we really got into this, but like I'm a mom to a toddler of a two-year-old and I have digital flash, which is my other baby. So I've got like kind of kid and a toddler. So really like any time to myself, like even just go getting a manicure or a pedicure as silly as that sounds is like an amazing way to spoil myself. And your massage would be just like over the top I would just be like oh my god <laughs> I mean those are things you get to do on the regular when you're single or don't have kids but <laughs> okay and lastly last question is what is your favorite social media platform for you personally uh, me personally I am I'm a big Twitter user personally I'm, I'm starting to get a little more into Instagram now but I don't know Twitter Twitter's kind of been I use them all for different things, but I, I like Twitter for like 
the news and kind of seeing what people are up to. I mean, Facebook now, everybody posts their baby pictures. So I guess, you know, <laughs> I do I do go there for baby pictures. <laughs> That's so funny. I had a friend one time who said, I was one of those like pre-moms who was like, oh God, I hate seeing everyone's like baby pictures everywhere. And then as soon as she had her baby, she's like, I know my kids everywhere on Facebook multiple times a day. That's whatever. It's okay. It's okay that I totally contradicted myself. <laughs> I know. I don't know what happens. There's like a switch. It's like you forget that person beforehand and you're just like, my day is adorable. Everybody has to see it. That's so funny. Well, Sarah, I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today and to, to really give us your story. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I really appreciated it. I had a lot of fun. bizwomenrock.com forward slash 91 is where you will find the show notes for today's show. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode.